from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. This is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast where each week Jeff and I take all our valuables from the early 90s and put it in a time capsule so that others may enjoy it in the future. And then, of course, they are unearthed and they are mistaken for, like, you know, religious artifacts and things <laughs> of that nature. And it really becomes, like, you know, a hilarious exercise on, like, history and the, the nature of looking at the past through a new lens. Because, like, we all thought that Zubaz were just delightful zebra-printed pants. But in the future, people are like, well, these are clearly indications of some sort of foreign dignitary, whoa, right? Whoa, whoa, That's whoa. how we feel. It's a whole. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. There are some hilarious misunderstandings that happen on this one. Chef, I'm literally just learning what a Zubaz is. How did you not know what Zubaz are? What the fuck is this? I'm looking at these pictures. Y'all, you don't eat... What? I'm, so, I'm shocked that you don't, you don't know Zubaz. Okay, so can I tell you the history of it? Yeah. In 1988, Bob Trokes and Dan Stock began brainstorming a new kind of shorts for the heavy lifting man. The pair developed a comfortable baggy pair of shorts with an elastic waistband. And that's fucking Zubaz. Yep. They're for like manly men? Yeah, they're for pro- wrestlers. They were big and big in pro wrestling. But they're zebra pant pants. Yes, they were They were big what? in pro wrestling. A lot Jeff, of wrestlers were rocking Zubas. I, I am shot. I am that person unearthing this and being like, people must have used these for like summoning Satan or like, w- Jeff, I am shook to my core. Y'all, if you're not Googling Zubas. <laughs> I want you to Google. I want you to Google Zubaz Road Warriors. Oh, it came up right away. Oh, <laughs> oh my! They're all up. They had a deal. They had to have had a deal with Zubaz. I, I, I'm not. I don't know. I assume. I have to assume because they're Holy on ads. Holy shit! Oh, okay. So yes, I am blown. Wow! In Jeff's time, people must have used Zubaz. For like some kind of there, there are these road warriors traveling around wearing Zubaz and terrorizing locals of towns. That's actually not an inaccurate description of what the road warriors were up to. If we're being honest, now that I my kind of world is upside down, we have a prompt this week. Every we week, this hold week? on. Every week we take a listener prompt and we tell the greatest story of all time. But I, I. I'm spe- I'm honestly speechless. Like I did not expect to be thrown like this that there is a fashion trend happening so, while I was alive that was so mind alteringly terrible. Uh excuse you. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. But this I'm so wearing bad. Zubaz right now. This podcast is a proud sponsor of Zubaz. Zubaz. If you want to look like a zebra and be completely unfuckable, Zubaz. <laughs> I mean, says says you, maybe. You're a heavy lifting man. You lift a lot of stuff. Do they help you pick stuff up? Do they enhance your strength? They do, yeah. I, I feel stronger. I feel more powerful. I feel ready to hit the road and to live my life on the go in my Zubaz. I need to get you need to go, go, go in your Zubaz pants. 
I need to get me a pair of Zubaz. Once again, this podcast is proudly sponsored by Zubaz. Yep. Fuck. We do have a prompt this week. A prompt this week comes from Katie Kolop, the wonderful curator of our Wikipedia page. Well, our Wikia page. Prompt. I was waiting for something. The details are murky at best. I know I was waiting. It was important. I keep waiting. Then a bell rings, and I remember. It's a fucking really, that's a cool one. That's it's a, cool a good prompt. prompt. It's a good prompt. And I, I threw something to you about like 10 minutes ago about mm-hmm. what the first thing that makes me think of this. And it's, a, I want to, I want to throw back to a character that is beloved, but I feel like has a lot more story to tell. Sure. Okay. And, and that is our favorite robot speaker. Mm-hmm. Speaker is like the ruler, creator, god of an island, sort of, where like they make robots and, you know, there's an island of robots that were created by her. A robot, mm-hmm. who formerly a funny bot that went on an adventure to Dragon as a guide to Dragon. We don't know much about it. They fell off of Dragon and were suddenly like completely, we use the term like awake. Something magical happened and they landed on an island, started, you know, their own civilization. But there's an mm-hmm. entire life there that we kind of didn't get to. When they were like saved from adventurers, when they were caught in a spider's web. But we kind of don't know what happened, how they got to the spot. Like, you know, if they wandered off from their troop, things like that. And I think that this is a good opportunity to kind of dig into there. Yeah, for sure. So the prompt says, I was waiting for something. The details are murky at best. I know I was waiting. It was important. I keep waiting. And then a bell rings. And I remember. I think the bell ringing happens when they're already speaker, when they're on the island, right? Mm-hmm. And then they remember what their past, like as an adventurer and as part of like a D&D party, basically. Yeah, right. So the bell ringing. We got to figure out this, uh, the importance of that. The bell rings on the island. Is it like, you know, a dinner bell? Like the, all the robots are gathering for dinner. Is it a dinner bell? Is it a wedding chime that strikes up a memory? Is it a band? Um, you know, is it I a like doorbell? Band. I like okay. band. Okay. Because immediately, immediately something something comes to mind. Okay. If it is that it remi- it reminds speaker of what they were, why they were waiting, right? Mm-hmm. They were waiting. They were waiting for something. They don't remember everything, and then they remember when they hear this bell. I have thoughts. Okay. I'm. I'm. I cannot start describe how excited I am for this. So speaker, you mentioned speaker started out like speaker was. We know that she was found when. She was found by adventurers in a spider's web. Yes. Falls off of dragon. No memory. We don't know how she got to that spider's web. No. But we know that she was a fun bot. Yes. So what that tells me, and what it tells me that that a, a bell would be the thing that reminds her of what she was waiting for, is that she was specifically waiting for a cue. Oh. Like in a performance. Yes, that's so good. Wait, like that's when she was in the web is when she was waiting for a cue? Yes. Oh no. Wait. So she was like mid performance and got snags backstage in a spider web type thing? Yes. And did the the troop left without her? I have to assume so. Oh I think no. they I think they I think they had to like by default, right? Oh, I mean they're just ro- keep in mind, the fun bots like run on a track, we said. Like they're not like, these aren't, like, sentient robots, like, traveling around in a troop. Like, they are programmed, like, borderline anima. They're pretty much animatronics 
traveling the world of fantasy doing history mm-hmm. plays. And so there was just a robot like kind of in the wings waiting, you know, waiting for this cue. And when it moved on to like enter the stage, got snagged in a spider web. And there she sat for it could be a while. Yeah. Because that means like the spider didn't come back for what could have been like a year, you know, so they just sat there. And then the cue happened. And the play went on. I guess I guess fun bots are really great improvisers. And they kind of the show, of course, continued and people covered for speaker missing her cue. And then the, the show just rolled on. The wagon packed up and off it went and Speaker was left behind. Yes. That is tragic. Well, and I think part of it is just that, like, it's all automated, right? Yeah. Like, it is all, all of their cues are literally just, like, they know, like, I don't even know if it's improvising. It's just that, like, they go on, you know, they they go off, like, they are not intrinsically following any sort of given like, there's no interplay between performers oh, because every okay. person is just performing their individual part. Yeah, they are the uh, the presidents and the Simpsons, the robot yeah, presidents. they just go on. Like, even if one of them falls over, the others will just continue doing the show, <laughs> which, leads <laughs> to an, which leads to something important that I want to point out. Fuck, please. Speaker's name is Speaker. Yes. Someone else is playing a bell. Mm. Here's what I want to posit to you. Okay. The, the, the fun bots that went on without her proceeded to become the most beloved swing jazz band (laughs) in all of fantasy. Wait, why? Because basically, let's talk about the fun bots for a minute. Okay. They present uh, delightful historical lessons about the world at maximum volume (laughs) on a track, whether or not anyone wants to hear it. If, if If one fun bot is designated speaker... To me, that says that they tell a story to musical and theatrical accompaniment. Oh, fuck. So imagine if you were to take a person telling you a historical story with brassy jazz music behind it. This all of a sudden sounds like the, the fun bots sound like incredible. Like we, we play them as like, well, we never said they were bad. We just said nobody likes them or really watches the shows. Yeah. But this sounds amazing. <laughs> Well, that's what I mean. Imagine somebody's telling you a show with brassy jazz music behind you. I fucking, I would love that. And then suddenly, there's just no one telling you the story. All you're left with is brassy jazz music. And, like, the person narrating the story is explaining why why robots are moving in certain specific ways. Because they're supposed to be acting out historical events. But because most of them are mops mops with buckets on them. (laughs) Yes, they are. Their their movements are obviously very impressionistic. Yes. Okay. So now now that you've removed the narrator of the story, it, it is truly just a traveling band. All you see, all you all you experience is brassy jazz music and robots acting and dancing in strange impressionistic like rhythms. Wow. To the beat. All you're left with is brassy swinging jazz music and cool dances. This sounds incredible. So I'm, so all I'm saying is that the troop that left her behind has become a del- a beloved delightful jazz troop because they roll into the town and it's just <laughs> people are like what is happening and they're just like wow what is going on okay all right this is a swinging jazz band I can get into this so okay can can I can I throw a pitch out there then yes. The fun bot. So flashback to fucking Spot L. Shellman episode. You said that um, they were part of the Spot L. Shellman fun time 
junk band or something, right? Yeah. That's that's at the Lucky Bug. But this is like the touring troupe. This yeah. is like where it all began. This is like, these are the originators of like the band aspect. And they travel the world like starting dance parties, essentially, unintentionally. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah. Does speakers still play into this? Or do you want to talk about the, ju- the junk band? We can go both directions, honestly. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so wait, let me, let me flash back to the prompt then. That means that there's a band playing in works where speaker lives now in the present. They hear a bell. They hear a cue. Like, you know, it could be anything. It could be, you know, old Barry Bell, who is basically just a bell with like, you know, rulers for legs, trips and falls. It's like, oh, God, that's my cue. Like something happens where she's like, oh, wait, what? And all of a sudden, like the lines start coming back to her. And she's like, oh, you know, when... Dragon first lifted into the sky. Like, what the, what is all this? Oh my God, this is a whole lot of, it's sort of like if a line of code got like unlocked and all of a sudden, like the entire history of Dragon kind of shoots into your head. Yep. I think, I, I, yeah, I like the idea that it's literally like a robot trips. Ding. And in my head, it's literally like without, you know, you know, the scene in like a superhero movie where their powers just go off and that's how they realize they have them. Yes. That's what I'm picturing, except instead of superpowers, I'm specifically picturing like, blah, ding, Wolf Sprout Brussels climbed to the top of the very highest tree of the haunted forest and he fucking, <laughs> I wish I had more, I wish I had more, more, more rhythmic poetry to, to add to that moment. But like, that's what I'm picturing is that like, it just starts coming out. Wow. Okay. And then what are they, is it the superhero movie cliche where they're like, I have to get to the bottom of this. I think I, 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 I think there's definitely, there's a moment where they're just like, what the hell just happened? Because a lot of, you know, Speaker had an entire adventure, right? That led to Dragon. We said their adventuring group got to what we called as the final boss. Mm-hmm. And then they got wiped. And then they fell, she fell off of Dragon. Somebody like, I think she got pushed to like get saved. Yeah. So. All of does all that come back to her or right now, just the history of dragon. And she has to uncover pretty much her life as a fun bot leading up to that moment. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea that, that like a chunk of her life is brought back, not all of it. And she's like, well now I re-, and now comes the realization that she is missing huge chunks of her existence. Yeah. Because like a memory file is suddenly like, um, I love the fact, by the way, that she is, did we ever decide what she is as a funny bot? I don't think so. I don't think so. I imagine, like, I imagine her being quite mobile for some mm-hmm. reason. Like, two large wheels on the side. Like, sort of looking like like a wheelchair with a broom on it. Mm-hmm. Like that. And she rolls around. I picture a boombox is in there somewhere. Okay, so the boombox... Okay, can I... This is the image of what speaker looks like. What, what I'm have, picturing is a boombox with a wheel on both sides. That's it? Is it a rolling boombox? There's no face. Or maybe spider. It could be spider legs. I mean, spider legs are very common in fantasy. I like rolling around. I like the rolling aspect. All right. Uh, The wheels give me a very satisfying image of a robot kind of like rolling around and cruising, you know, Mm but with a boombox in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. In the boombox, of course, there's a little smile painted on the boombox. So like the two speakers on the sides look like eyes. I'm obsessed. So now memory files in this boombox have been unlocked, this fun bot. And she wants to, does she want to get to the bottom of it? Because she'd have to leave works. Yeah, I think she, I think, she, I, I think she does want to get to the bottom of it. Okay, there's a memory file about Dragon unlocked in my head. So she obviously like 
Orcs is like kind of like on off the coast of Dragon. I'm assuming if you fall off of Dragon and you can land on an island, I'm assuming that after Dragon takes off, there's like it's pretty much like you know if okay, say we lifted more or less like an entire city off the ground, there'd be chunks that fell. Yeah, and that huge chunk is basically works. Right. So she can look up and be like, "Oh, that that's fucking Dragon right there." Um, I was up there and fell, I guess, and I have to get, how, like, who, who the fuck was I before this island? Can I have a question for you? Yeah. Is there, like, a bridge or anything to works or no? Like, can you leave and come and go as you please, or is it an isolated place? I think it's an isolated place. Okay. So she has to, what, like, make a boat? Yeah. I think she's got to, like, figure out how to get off of the island, first and foremost. Hmm. Do you want to flash forward to, like, she gets off, she, you know, creates a hovercraft, you know, she, oh, okay, I have a pitch for you. She wants to get off the island. No one knows her, remember? Like, no one knows right. that she, so we we can just say that she walks into town, you know, it's a first for her. You know, it's a it's a big deal. That yeah. when she's like, I have to get off this island, find out who I am, you know, data chunk has just been unlocked. There's an entire world outside of this island. Obviously, we can see it. But, like, I lived a life out there, and I kind of want to know what the fuck happened. Right. Uh, so she goes into town and sees, you know, all the robots, blah, 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 blah. Asks them, I think, like, hey, I want to get off the island. Can anyone help me? And someone obviously has to be, like, an inflatable raft. You know, there's got to be someone in town that is a raft or a boat. Yeah. Or some kind of watercraft. And she hops a ride, goes to town. The raft goes back. Because this is a solo quest. Sure. Now what? So she's on the mainland. She's on Dragon. Like, she's in the region. Now what? You know? Does she go on this, like, a memory, a trip down memory lane and, you know, bits and pieces along the way unlock a memory? I think so. I think that's what it's got to be is, like, she goes to a place. You know, she travels to a place. She, like, she, she knows she has a crystal clear memory of, like, here is where I was at this moment. So she has to travel to that moment and then you know, uncover the next piece of the puzzle, for lack of a better term. She has to, like, piece together what happened one piece at a time and, like, understand, try to get an understanding of, like, what you're looking for, like, what she's even looking for, let alone, like, what it's going to be when she finds it. I I love this a lot because this is someone who now has an in-depth understanding of, like, the landscape and the history of a place except where she fits into it. Right. And that makes me very happy. And I have a question for you as to something we can do to uncover Speaker's life. Do you think we should roll on like a two events of adulthood? Sure. Because I think that would be just like a quick and dirty way to kind of figure out like what her life was as a roaming fun bot. Yeah. Because we know that she met an adventuring party. They needed to get to Dragon. She's like, oh, I know how to get there. Like, I know all about it. And they were like, oh, come along. You know, gave her a sword and off they went. But, like, what happened? What else? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's pull up central casting. Let's go to uh, significant events of adulthood. Because we know there's adventure stuff. And, like, whatever we roll, we can always twist it into, like, if this is, like, One Piece or, like, Hunter Hunter, like, the anime, you know, they have wacky filler episodes, too. Like, so if we get a filler episode kind of response where it's, like, they opened a shop, it's, like, that's what she and her party did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right, give me give me two d twenty and add them together. This is yeah. for the significant events of adulthood. I haven't rolled a d twenty on this show in a minute. Two d twenty, add them together. Yep. Nine. Nine total. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Religious experience. 
<laughs> is that all it says? It says the character has a religious experience. Roll on the religious experience table. Yep, let's, let's go with it. All right, give me a D10 for how the experience begins. Oh my god. What have we wrought? Eight. Refuge. It was raining or snowing. The god's temple was the only warm and dry place with an open door. We can twist that. Yeah. We can twist that. So they have a religious experience. And that that can mean many things. Do you want to know specifically what it means? Because there's a D20 table to know exactly <laughs> what it means. Yes! Thank you, Central Casting, for not making me decide this. D20? Yeah. 13. Character makes prophetic statements. Roll a D10 on a result of 6 to 10. The character becomes quite unpopular for what she says. <laughs> like she says some controversial shit. Two. All right. So she makes she makes eerily accurate prophecy. She predicts the future. Okay. I love this. Okay. So she's a saved divine adventuring party, right? Like there, yep. there are people on their fantasy quest to dragon for reasons unknown. They pick up, they save this robot caught in a spider web. They kill the spider. You know, everything mm-hmm. is, the day is saved. They take refuge. They're, you know, they're, they're walking, they're adventuring. They leave the forest. It starts pouring like a thunderstorm of horrific, catastrophic, you know, magnitude is happening and they have to take shelter. So they find the ruins of like an old, you know, rundown, Dragonian, sick, badass temple type thing. You know, just like a, they're ruins, fantasy ruins. Could be a lot right. of things. Yeah. They settle in for the night and. They're like, all right, friend, you know, tell us about yourself, you know, and they start speakers starts talking about dragon with such because these people have never been. Yeah. And she starts talking about like the the history of dragon, like Lumina Dawn Spear in terms of like, I think speaker knows things that if we're going the mystical route, I think speaker has a deep understanding of like how even like the planet works and how Mm -hmm. like magic works in a way that's kind of like, I don't think, um, uh, what's his name? Spot Shellman. Spot Shellman could even like does even know like when he programmed them and he made them and gave them a little spark of magic in there. I think that's what like they know everything. The fun bots are like deep wells of historical information where like if you were to ask speaker to a certain degree, she would be like, you know, and the world is made up of two cosmic forces, chaos and or but like, you know, to, to an extent where like these 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 robots, these mops and bells and flotation devices know like the deep have a deep understanding of the universe or maybe it's just speaker Ooh, okay yes like maybe just speaker like for whatever reason just starts rattling off things and even she's like i don't i don't know that yeah how did i know that how did i oh how did i know that Where, how did i learn that i so okay okay so this is how the kind of give you a pitch on how the conversation goes okay they're sitting there, they're around their little indoor campfire, the ruins are dripping with water, it's, you know, you hear the thunder crackling outside, and a boombox says to them, they're like, oh, tell us about where you're from. Well, you know, I'm from a place called Iron Hill, and you're heading toward a place called Dragon. Dragon talks talking about how Lumina Dawnspear is like, well, the planet willed her into existence, and, you know, the planet itself is a strange place, and the ley line energy flows underneath the ground and fuels our magic, blah, blah, blah. So that could be seen as, like, a religious thing, right? It could be seen as, like, interpreted as a religious conversation. Right. A deep understanding of how the magic of the planet works. And she is alarmed by this information being in her head. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. 
And that's just an event that happened. Yeah, I think that, and I think that's probably why they like take her on the trip is oh because she's like, God. she's like, I know every single thing about, and like she knows even more than she thought she knew, and that she feels like she should know. She has this almost supernatural understanding of this place that these adventurers are trying to go to. Why are they going there? You think? What are they after? Treasure? You know? Do you want to uh, roll a quest table? Oh my God, you're a genius! I swear to God, that's so good. So I would love to roll on a quest table, and to do that, we're going to use Madeline Hale's Table Fables. All right, give me a D100, please. 88. 88. Let's see. The party is hired to guard a seven-day display of ancient artifacts. So they were sent to Dragon on, a, like, a guard job. Like, mm-hmm. they're powerful adventurers. And there's artifacts being displayed in Dragon that are, like, of incredible importance. They don't even know anything about, oh, that's where this comes in. They're like, yeah, you know, we're trying to make some extra coin. So we're going to Dragon to guard some artifacts. And Speaker is like, oh, the artifact? Why, that could be, you know, the great prison pendant of Lumina Dawnspear. Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, what are we going to guard? And it's like, well, you're going to guard one of the great planetary magics that keep this world running, that keep people, you know, the power equal to the five. And it's like, what? Okay. And so I think that's where the final boss comes in, where somebody tries to take it. Yeah. And they're on guard duty and they get wiped. That's a good quest. That is a good quest. Solid quest. Great. Uh, Do you want to roll another event of adulthood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me 2d20. Okay, 2d20. 29 character has a romantic encounter Ooh, speaker Roll falls in 542 roll it give me a d3 d3 how do i do that d6 divided by two. Oh yeah god it has been a minute i we got a three literally we did it literally last episode <laughs> did we really it's roll for pronouns here oh my god i'm One, so two, three, stupid four, five, six. hey man i'm not a gamer okay <laughs> <laughs> got a three all right you got three events all right give me a d20 okay Three romantic events. Speaker's a little yes. love bot. Well, this is a, this is the uh, this is the the story of the love affair. Mm, I love it. I got a two. A two. The beloved is already married to another. Oh my god! There's a love triangle happening. There's in a the, love triangle. The, the adventure party. Yep. Oh no! So somebody's already married. What? Two yep. of the adventurers are married, and they fall. One of them falls in love with Speaker. Yep. How can you not? She's so charming and fun. Yep. She's a literal fun bot. She's all about that fun. God, and she's just like a blast to be around, like, constantly. So I see, like, them walking over roaming hills, like this adventuring party, and, like, leading the charge is a boombox that's like, and over there you'll see, like, giving them this incredible tour. Like, it's easy to fall in love. They'll fall in love with that teacher, hot for teacher. Yes. I, I like, I, <laughs> yes. I, I She's charming. She's charming. This is so cute. Ah, uh, okay. Should we roll again? Yes. Another D20? Yes. Okay, I got a three. Yeah, three. Character marries their beloved. Okay, so speaker get, speaker gets married. Speaker breaks up a marriage. Oh my drama! So this person leaves their beloved for speaker. Mm-hmm. I am obsessed. So speaker gets married. Oh, so okay. So this is a magical moment. So on the road, you know, they're they're adventuring, they're fighting monsters and stuff, and doing stuff, heading toward dragon. And, you know, they fall in love. And then all of a sudden, Speaker is like, I think Speaker proposes. Sure. It's the only logical thing to do. Where it's just like, I, I, I love, well, this person obviously has like a love confession for Speaker. Where it's like, I got to admit, mm-hmm. you know, I love you. 
I've been in love with you ever since we started adventuring. Like, you know, it was love at first sight. This is incredible. I've never felt this way before. And speaker's like, well, the only logical thing for us to do is get married and commit to each other. So is there any animosity between the broken up couple? Does the third party stay in the adventuring team? I, 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 you know what? My gut says no. Okay. So they lose a party member. No, oh no! I sorry. My gut means there's no animosity. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, no, I because like that my, story because too. my my gut says that the third party was the team like cleric, and I I think it is very cute if they if they have if they like marry the two of them. Oh, where they're like, hey, I get it. Yeah, they're like, look, I'm not going to stand. They're like, look, I I'm upset. Like, I am unhappy to see our marriage end, but like, I you know, I took a vow not to stand in the way of love. I would I would have hoped that our bond would have stayed would have been forever, but like I have pledged myself to honor love in every form that it takes. So if if you feel like if you feel like it is time to make a bond with another, go you know go with my blessing. Okay, I, I'm super into it. Which is a little sad, but also bittersweet. You know, it's bittersweet. It's good for speaker. That's all I care. Yeah. I'm looking out for number one right now, and I'm going to tell you about speaker's wedding real quick. Okay. So the sun is setting in dragon. They're on one of the, I always think of Dragon as like, you know, having a ton of different ecosystems, but where the wedding happened was on top of like a red, craggy butte, you know, like sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, uh, sort of like New Mexico, sort of like, you know, uh, the West, you know, the, the right. red American West. And they're on a butte as the sun's going down over a lake and it looks like this, the lake is set ablaze by fire. And they tie the knot and they're married by their team cleric and they're very much happy. And so this is another. So can I give you a, just a tiny pitch then? Then when they're married, whatever, whatever culture the cleric is from, or even if it's just like a tiny little detail, the cleric says you are now, you know, I now pronounce you married. You know, yeah. you're whatever. Fuck, I don't know. And then rings a tiny bell. Ding, mm-hmm. ding, ding. So once again, this is another memory that would unlock in speaker when the bell rings. Can, it is a it is a wedding bell as well. Can I add a detail? Oh God, yeah. Can we make it re- just take it full magical realist? Yes, because there's a detail. If we're making a wedding, if this is our wedding episode, I want there to be a truly magical wedding detail. Yeah, hell yeah. The bell rings, and the two of them look at each other, and you'd swear you'd hear music, and you'd hear, swear you'd hear music in the air, right? You'd swear you'd hear a love song playing in the air. Yeah. And then in that quiet stillness, they sit for a moment, and they realize, I do hear music in the air. <gasps> Magic. A fun time band showed up. Not not just a fun time band. The fun time band was at their wedding. They played at their wedding. They just passed. They just passed through. But for that one magical moment, speaker, speaker's family, speaker's whole family had been reunited for one magical moment. As she was preparing to leave for Dragon, as they were going on the next stage of their brassy swing jazz world tour, for one brief moment, everything came together perfectly. very good it's really good so now speakers married yes and we have one more event one more one more love event one more love event oh my god okay give me a d20 oh yeah that's right 11 the beloved social status is different from that of the character select the social status on the social status table give me a, give me a d100 roll uh so i've got a 27 
Her lover is poor. Okay. Is it? Is it has, I think. I think. Give me some. Give me some pronouns for her beloved. Yeah. So her beloved, they are poor. Yeah, I think that they are. I, I think they have nothing but like their travel supplies. Is how it is. Like they are they're adventure, a tra- they're traveling adventurers. Yeah, they are a traveling adventurer. So they don't have anything other than the supplies. And I think I've been I've been having us roll on speaker as comfortable only because like speaker doesn't need stuff. No, speaker doesn't like eat or sleep. So like I think that like speaker has to. I think there's a struggle. There's a struggle and a mutual cooperation of like. Speaker learning to live with someone that has different, like, physical needs than her, right? Oh, true. Yeah. Because, like, she has to be like, oh, we have to, like, take into account that you need food. Like, I can travel for three weeks and be fine. Like, you need, we need to account for the fact that you need to get, like, food. It's, it it just, I think it, it changes her perspective a little bit in, like, oh, I am now part of a family. I am not on my own. I am not just on my own. I have to, like, make sure that people are taken that the people in my care are taken care of i love it and it also makes a lot of sense that they're going to dragon for a job yeah they're literally going there to make money like they need it because they're broke adventurers yeah so i think that that she like is like oh i need to make sure that like people are taken care of under my care which i think informs a lot of who she is when she does not remember who she is damn i think she just has the impulse of well I have to make sure everyone's taken care of. Oh, this uh, this is perfect. It's real good. Oh my goodness. And one more, is it one more event? One more more event of adulthood. All right. So 2d20 added together. 17. 17. Something bad happened. Oh no, speaker. Roll me a d3. Okay. Three again. They acquire a rifle. Oh, okay. Are we flashing forward to when they're... When they're in Dragon, this is the person that wipes them. I think so. So they get to Dragon. The The party is there. They are supposed to guard artifacts. Mm-hmm. And who is this rival to this adventuring team? Oh, I know. Without a shadow of a doubt. Fuck. Okay. Uh, well, so what happens is they're guarding these these ancient treasured artifacts. Yes. You know, people have people have put out a call like, hey... We fear that these things that are sacred to us are in danger. They, so they, they enlist these adventurers, right? Like, they're like, someone is someone, you know, we have, we have fought, we have had to protect these, these sacred things that are ancient pieces of dragon history, of draconian history, right? Somebody's trying to take them. Yeah. So they enlist these, these adventurers who are like, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take on it. We'll take on all comers because no one in dragon wants to, wants to stand up to, to, they who are trying to take these pieces of history. Okay. For whatever reason, like, no one in Dragon is, like, willing to take this job. No, it's, uh, it's, it's fucking dangerous. Let's just, we can just pitch it as that. Like, it's... Well, I'll get there. Oh! No one in Dragon wants to take this job, which is weird. So, like, some adventurers from afar hear of this and are like, yeah, let's go. They meet up with Speaker, they fall in love, they are married, they arrive. The invader comes. Singular stands before them and says, so what? You want Draconian history to be in the hands of these plebeians, oh. these ordinary people. Oh, They don't understand Draconian history. They don't know the history of Dragon. I know the history of Dragon. I was there. <gasps> you dare stand before the greatest, the single, the leader of the 17 Knights of Dragon. <gasps> you 
dare stand before the one called Delta. Oh! Wipes them out effortlessly, takes the artifact, leaves. Speaker is thrown by her beloved over the, the edge of dragon, falls, memory wipes, wakes up on works, builds a society, bell rings, remembers everything, goes home. Oh. My. God. That's so good. Delta beat the shit out of that party, the final boss. Mm-hmm. Threw them off of, oh no, and her lover was like, you know, I, I totally see that moment where, you know, Delta just cleaves through the whole party and is like, beat the absolute shit out of them. You know, her lover is bloodied, speaker is all beat up, little boombox, and the lover crawls over, they crawl over to speaker, and they're like, my love, you must go and tell the story of what happened here today. Find someone who can stop Delta. And Speaker is like, but my love just straight up gives that push, mm-hmm. like that one-armed shove, and the little boon box with wheels goes falling off the edge. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So Speaker now has to kind of like, Speaker wants revenge. Does Speaker want revenge? I don't know. I would think so, or to find their lover and see if they're still alive. I, I think it's I think it's that more than revenge. Yeah. I think they just want to know know that their lover survived. Oh, because also if you have to think about speaker knows who Delta is and is like, you can't yeah. stop this person. This person is like, you know, the Kingslayer. This mm-hmm. person is like the most powerful human, period, and is horrifying. That's not a road you want to go down. I wanna ra- I'd rather find out if, you know, my partner is still alive. Oh, no, yeah. so they're on a quest to find a lost loved one. hmm Oh, that's so sad. Question, think they're alive? You know, I do. Yeah, me too. And here's why. Ooh. I think Delta's not interested in killing. No. I think they, I think they will and, like, probably killed several people in this, like, guarding party. Yeah. But I think, like, in the time it took Speaker's lover to push Speaker over the edge, Delta probably was able to, like, take the artifacts and and is so, like, cavalier about things, is so just arrogant that they're like, I've got my, I've got what I came for. You failed. Yeah. You live with that. It, does, it, it is of no difference to me whether you live or die. I have achieved my goal and just walks away. Oh my God. They have no, they have no, no interest. Like, they're not here to win this battle. They have no. an objective and they're like, I've claimed it. It's a I mission win. accomplished type thing where they're like, yeah. mission accomplished, artifacts retrieved. And they yeah. retreat to wherever they like live. Good day to you. Damn. So I do. I do think they're still alive out there somewhere. I think it's just Speaker, will, and I think Speaker probably does eventually find them and has that moment of like, "Hey, it has been a while. I have so many things to tell you, <gasps> oh. and so much to show you." Oh my God, Chef! Is this the moment where they go back to Works and like Works is now connected in the world? The world is populated by like super sentient fun bots. Sure, that works. Because I think the peak, like uh, maybe like a bridge is built or something. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but bridge like is built. That's fun. A bridge is built that takes you to works, and so like works is now works is connected in the world. And because I think Speaker learned a lot from the robots of works, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of t- people keeping people safe, but also learned a ton about living with like living people, you know, people mm-hmm. who have a a finite time on Earth. And knows that the two have a lot to learn from each other because we said that the people of works have like the most human mentality of like 
you know, trying to keep out of loneliness, like, you know, ending loneliness. And the best way to end loneliness is by making friends. And so it's the perfect opportunity for like, guys, there's a way that like we can we can fix this. And it's by taking care of each other, but also like going out there, seeing the world, having an experience, making making your own adventuring party, like go out there and live a life, experience something, you know, fall in love, get your heart broken you know, fall off of dragon, go out and live. And the robots are like, okay. And some stay behind, but a lot of them, you know, go out into fantasy and explore. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That is good. I think that's a wrap on speed. I think that's a wrap. I think that's, that's where we end our tale. I'm so happy that, uh, such a good way to complete that tale of our favorite mm-hmm. little robot. That's a good one. Good story. Thank you so much to Katie Collip for your incredible prompt. Um, and thank you for helping make our Wikipedia page what it is. Mm-hmm. Find it on our, go to our website, click through the Wikia, and, you know, catch up on some lore. Yeah, it is a great lore repository. All of, like, most of our verbal hugs are there transcribed. It's a good resource. Yeah, and if you want to contribute to it, it's really easy to do. There's no, like, you know, we don't have any, we have very few restrictions on it. And if you're a dick, we'll edit it out really quick. Yes. <laughs> um, if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own, there are a butt-ton of ways you can do it. There sure are. You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com. You can post them to our discord at bit.ly slash AMFC discord. And you can go to all my fantasy children.com. Yeah. While you're there, once again, check out our Wikipedia page. Check out our Bandcamp where we're going to be posting all the music from the episodes for freezies. And also jump into our Discord, chat and hang out with us. Yes, indeed. Jeff has a second podcast that if you're not listening to it, you're absolutely out of your gourd. Party of One is an actual play RPG podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week I sit down with a friend, we play a two-player game, we share a few laughs, maybe a few tears, and have a really good time. Episodes drop every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. Yes, um, All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. The One Shot Network is home to a variety of great shows about role-playing, including Campaign, a, a long-form podcast set in the Skyjacks universe, which is a, a an original fantasy steampunky universe inspired by the game Illimat and the work of the Decembrists using the Genesis role-playing game. It is a wonderful podcast that you should go listen to. Yeah, do it up. Um, a verbal hug this week. How are you feeling today? Not great. Oh, no. Not great. It's okay, and it's okay to be not great. Yeah. It is okay to have rough goes of have rough goes, have rough days, rough weeks. It is okay. Yeah. You know, allow yourself to feel that way. Don't don't bottle it up. Don't deny yourself. You know, if you are having a rough time, you're having a rough time, but also know that it is okay that you are loved and supported and that you know, it's just a matter it's all about just putting that one step forward. It is about Pushing through and and be and allowing yourself to be not okay, but allowing yourself, but understanding that you know that that you can still put that work in. I have to say, Jeff, that even though you're if you're having a bad day, if this was like a show, like we had a show today, this was probably one of your best shows in like years. This was a very good episode. Like you fucking slayed this one out. You are a creative fucking force. Like I have to say, I'm not buttering your ass. Like this is like this. I'd, ep- I'd hope not. No, <laughs> I would. I would hope not. But and if you're having a bad day, that sucks. But I hope you know that, like, in terms of creative work today, you just fucking slate it out, and you should mm-hmm. feel good about that. Mm-hmm. I hope you do because this episode is bang. Like I've just been kind of sitting in the back, 
I'm in the back seat today and you're driving and being like, oh, look, there's a really great creative point. Oh, look, there's another one. Cool. Are we done? Cool. All right. I'll talk to you later. So like, I want you to relish in the fact that you had a very, um, this is a very good creative day so mm-hmm. far and it's only 1230. Mm-hmm. So I hope it continues for you. Here's hoping. And I hope it continues for you too, listener. <laughs> um, is that it? I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time. Good, good night, night and good, good game. game.